0: Hello, I'm Scott Sashman. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today, this is bizarre, but it is very serious. There's a lawsuit out in New Jersey where a third-base high school baseball coach is being sued for telling one of his players to slide. Yeah, uh, credit to Steve Politi, the reporter
1: who... Not only found the story, but but kept on it and was in the courtroom as as the proceedings were going on. He was the only one in the gallery, and it was interesting. Did you happen to notice Evan, like the judge and one of the lawyers, was involved in the Jason Williams mm. manslaughter? Like, yeah, all the big Jersey cases. Um, the personalities were the same, but you summed it up. Bar, imagine you volunteer or whatever. You're you know you're a JV coach. You're getting paid whatever pittance you you are to do
0: this. Even if you're paid,
1: even if you're paid, you know it's not a lot. And, you know, kids coming around second base, and you just give them the old down sign because the throw's coming from right field. And he, he got hurt. I mean, a really bad ankle injury. At one point, the surgeons were talking about possible amputation. Um, the kid was never the same. Depression, Couldn't obviously could not play sports anymore. But his father sued the coach. And should we—I guess we have to tell people how it ended up, right, Evan? Or do we let him— Find it out, but I mean, go read the story. We're not gonna, yeah. let We have to tell them.
2: Yeah, I think you have to say the, the 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 parents of the of the kid who got injured did not win this lawsuit. Um, but you know, it it, ta- it took seven years. It Took, a long, T- it took yeah, over long seven years long. to figure out the insurance company for the school, which I think was the plaintiff. I don't think the coach was necessarily the plaintiff, um, or the defendant. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, we should say the coach was never. Yeah, he was losing, losing money, money. Right. But, but the insurance
2: still. company was yeah. going to be on the hook potentially for millions. You know, it, yeah. it sounds like they set, spent you know 80000 dollars in seven legal years fees, of yeah. legal fees just to just to defend themselves. Um, and I think the, the the broader point, which I mean, Scott, I'm sure you have good perspective on because you have a kid who's playing youth sports right now. Yeah. Um, this seems to open up a can of worms that you know what what are coaches responsible for what defines gross le- negligence i think the three of us can probably agree that this this doesn't define gross something negligence something tells me
1: the three but... of us in wadier would have been dismissed because <laughs> because of, like again the hurdle the burden of proof was as you just mentioned gross gross negligence and recklessness I mean, they yeah. were trying to say from his deposition when is it dangerous to slide and that's inside of 2 feet this was JV. Did you really think that the right fielder on a JV team was going to throw the ball all the way to third base from the from the fence? You know, why did you tell him to slide? And that's what this guy Oof. was facing. But I don't think any of us would have gone to that jury room and said, all right, how does this meet the burden of gross negligence? You told the kid to slide.
2: Sure. And, th- and that said, the kids get hurt. All the time, all, all it's the crazy. time, right? It's a freak and, accident. and you know, there are probably instances that maybe are a little grayer than than this one might have been. Had he
1: told his kids, "Listen, if there's a play at home plate, I want you to just steamroll the catcher." <laughs> yeah, now that's <laughs> that that's something would be totally gross different. negligence. I would be like, "Well, this, you know, if I, uh, you know, again, my son plays hockey. If I had a coach out there telling." His teammates, you know, if his back is to you and he's two feet from the wall, I want you to wreck him and drill his head into the wall. Yeah. That would be gross negligence. And also,
2: this is a. You know, this I believe it was a public school. You know, so the insurance company was the one kind of handling the defense on this. It does make you wonder if this was a a private club, a, you know, an elite team, something yeah. like that, which didn't have kind of a big insurance company behind it. How different this would be for the, the coach and the parents. Yeah,
0: I worry about now how youth sports and you you kind of touched off into it, guys. How youth sports now uh, will be handled in the future? Because uh, listen, if you play baseball. You're gonna get hit with the ball sometimes. Yeah, you're 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 going to. But if
1: the coach told the pitcher to throw well, that's at different. somebody that's and totally you lost different. an eye, yeah, totally and that's something totally right? different.
0: But you know, I mean, I yeah, when I played baseball as a kid, I mean, we just play in the yard, and I got a wild one smacked in the chest all the time. And, and I'm again, as a parent, yes, I understand. You you're upset and and you don't It's your kid super by the way again super
1: serious injury the kid could have yeah. lost his leg yeah it, I mean, it's not I just understand. a broken ankle and i mean he can never play again he was depressed it, we're not minimizing the effects of the injury right just causation
0: uh let's turn now from high school ball to the big leagues where the houston astros are under scrutiny after reports of allegedly stealing signs during the 2017 season now now guys that the uh, the season the, Astros won the world it. series I knew I your knew former tiger tiger do guy it. couldn't do it <laughs> These allegations say the team used electronic means to steal signs I Evan let me see if you join
1: me in this I, I cannot believe this didn't come out so much sooner like as soon as somebody's traded away from the team this is a former player saying this is what went on
2: Yeah it certainly it sounds like in the reaction across Major League Baseball from this story that Baseball players have been highly skeptical of the Astros yes. for a while now, and I think they're skeptical of, of, of probably every team, and, and they have good right to be. Um, but it does seem like this was kind of an open secret that the Astros were probably doing a little bit more than than, than most other teams in terms of trying to steal signs, and it includes from this athletic story the, the, the camera in the outfield, which was then being relayed to batters in real time by people hitting the side of a trash can to make a loud noise that the batters could hear there have been pitchers i can't remember the man's name who accused the astros of setting up cameras in opposing dugout uh, dugout and bullpen um so they could try to pick up some things there as well it does seem like there has been a lot of skepticism they had asked that the cameras in the, the bullpens
0: be covered yeah yeah. What is this? Three whacks and it's coming high and tight. What? Well, there's a yeah, there's a great
2: is? video, and I encourage people to find it on Twitter of somebody breaking down a, a, an at bat that Evan Gaddis of the Astros had against Danny Farquhar, who's a pitcher for the for right. the White Sox, and and the person kind of goes through, and and you know you see the catcher's hand if it's a fastball, no sound. If it's a change-up, which I think is Danny Farquhar's maybe his only off-speed pitch, you know, they get two whacks of the drum. You can hear it. I think anyone in the stadium could have heard it. Um, And then on the third, so fastball, no drum, change-up, drum, change-up, drum, fastball, no drum. And then on the third one, the drum comes early enough that Farquhar catches it in his head and he steps off the mound and he calls the catcher. Uh-huh. I'm sure they're uh, saying, like, the listen, something's happening, we have to Bark change the uh, so, <laughs> so, I
1: made it tell me that guy at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland all these years, he's really been cheating? The guy banging the drum in center field? <laughs> that's what that's bang, all about? Bang
0: the drum slowly,
1: yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's been going on?
2: <laughs> I think there's like a, in my opinion, there's a wider question here. Um, and baseball has all these unwritten rules that, in my opinion, should be written down or should be ignored. Um, every team is stealing signs in some capacity. It's a part of the game. It's not... Stealing signs is not disallowed in Major League Baseball's bylaws. It's it's not written down in any way. This is something that is not encouraged, but happens, and everybody knows it happens. Uh, The question here is whether the fact that the Astros were using technology, in this case a, a camera in the outfield, to steal these signs, whether that is a step too far. And in my opinion, this is a, an infinitely solvable problem, right? If Major League Baseball wants to make sure that if these are private, if the, the signs are private, they can figure out a way to make these things private, right? It can be a little microphone in the catcher's helmet that goes into the pitcher's ear, not unlike the way plays get called in football. Baseball can make this private or, in my opinion, baseball needs to come out and say, listen— it's free range. Teams can do whatever they want. It, it's incumbent on the catcher and the pitcher to get these signs to each other in a way that someone standing in the outfield with binoculars can't find.
0: I was, now, let me play devil's advocate. Let's say, for instance, I'm the second baseman, and I... I am not exactly second a second baseman's physique. Just yeah, saying. Well, thank you, man. I'm more like second baseman. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just for just for giggles, let's say you're the second. Let's baseman. let's say <laughs> I'm speedy the, guy. The, out the there. second okay. baseman, and and now a runner is on second base. All right. So now he can see the sign, and can he somehow tip off the batter? on what's but coming
1: that, that, that happens a bit I all think the that time that's why they go every, through everything every one after time. two after you yeah. change the signs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the big signals. question
2: here and and the, the the red Sox got accused of this i think there was yeah. an ipad in the dugout yeah. uh, a couple years ago and rob manford i believe at the time said using technology for this is, is a bridge too far and if that is indeed true i think that's a very difficult line to enforce but that needs to be written down somewhere right um in my opinion, they should just take the signals out of the game entirely. There should just be a way to make these so that no one can see them, and I don't think it changes the viewership at all. It doesn't change the gameplay much at all, and it gets around what seems to be deep-seated skepticism in Major League Baseball that teams are quote-unquote
1: cheating. How about well, how about some fun here? You want baseball to be good with the kids? Yeah. How about one, one inning out of every game? You have to tell the batter what you're going to throw out.
0: For one full inning, fastball. Let's see you hit it. I, I had an idea that I was laughed out of the whole place. I would like to see. <laughs> but we're going to say it again. Well, Here I'm we gonna go. I'm going to say it
1: again. Yeah, I wish we had the clown
0: music. I always said that the winner of the All-Star Game, the American League or the National League, when you get down to, in the rest of the season, you get to play three, You get three extra outs. What I mean by that is you play one extra out per game three and you can save them anytime you want mm-hmm. hmm. what's the next topic Bob? <laughs> and finally i think it's a great idea yeah, I mean, keep thinking that <laughs> you sweet lou whitaker you <laughs> finally let's talk about an unexpected departure in the nba this week david levy ceo of the brooklyn nets and barclays center leaving his post he's only there what two months on the job
1: yeah this was a uh, surprise when i got a phone call yesterday and Somebody told me, you know, uh, I'm hearing that, and then I, I talked to Levy, and, and uh, he said, yeah, uh, I, I'm leaving. I was, I was very surprised, as was the entire NBA and sports business world. Levy, of course, uh, a titan in the sports business industry, 33 years running Turner Sports, um, took over uh, operations uh, for Brett Yormark at Brooklyn Uh, The Nets, the arena, more importantly for him, the family office of Joe Tai. Mm -hmm. And he was going to lead the investments in tech and media. Neither Joe nor David would go into detail as to what happened. But you have to wonder what kind of culture clash there was between a guy like Levy, who understands entertainment, who comes from that TV world of how do we make things interesting and fun, and maybe the basketball side of things at the Brooklyn Nets. Sean Marks leads that operation. Of course, Sean comes from the San Antonio Spurs where it's all business. You know, the Popovich world of no, no, no. We're not going to be using our players for promos and for fun. And you, you just wonder what the culture was like. It, and obviously it was not a good fit.
2: Two former guests of the podcast, Sean Marks and uh, and David Levy. One other thing to toss in there, kind of into the mix, as you say, we don't we don't fully know the details here. I would say the most eventful thing to happen to the Nets during David Levy's short two month tenure was the the NBA's China situation right in which Joe Tai was very outspoken about you know defending China in in and against what what Daryl Morey had said and David um, was in all those meetings and David in Beijing was, uh, yeah he was it, there in Shanghai rather do you yeah. think that there is a chance that that the somehow he, the, the China he went situation out of his was way the... to say
1: it didn't have anything to do with that okay so i i'll take him at his word on that one he just said th- what, what David did say is the job isn't what I thought it was. Hmm. And he would not give more as to what that meant. And uh, Joe Tai emailed me just to say, you know, oh, we're going to let our statement stand and we're not going to go beyond that. But we wish David good luck. So, so. O-
2: Oliver Weisberg becomes the, the interim Weisberg, CEO. Yeah. Do, we, do we know much about him?
1: I mean, you know, he's at Bluepool. He's one of the Blue Pool guys, you know, running the uh, the family office for uh, for Joe Tai. Um, it's obviously they got to find somebody else to run the team and you wonder that now are they two separate gigs do you give the the same person Mm -hmm. the job of the family office and the investments as well as the team because as you guys well know just running the business side of a pro sports franchise and an arena particularly one with the global aspirations of this one that might be enough
2: and david as you said you know 33 year veteran at at turner new sports Sports media, obviously, tremendously well. Do you think in the end the person that takes this job next is a sports media executive or is someone from another part of the sports business world?
1: I think you're going to get a team person next. Who that person is, don't know, but I'd be surprised if it was a media person again or two separate jobs. I still
0: say my three outs for the rest of the season, man, would be good, man. Let's. How about just the one out, like we're out of this show? Okay. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business <laughs> of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Sosnick and Evan Novi williams
1: We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. And we don't know when, by the way. You had a nice chat with... Oh Roger my goodness, Roger Penske this Penske. Yeah, we got, we're going to find a way to bring the bar's chat with Roger
0: Penske to the audience soon.
2: Guys making news, Roger Penske. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh man, I, I was excited about that. And that was, thank you, man. You did that.
2: You got it. We'll, we'll get to that at some point, I'm sure. Uh, you can join us again at the end of the week. We're speaking with Heidi O'Neill. She's one of the highest ranking women at Nike. She runs kind of all their retail strategy. Lots to talk about with her and Nike.
1: I don't have the app. She's not going to like me. <laughs>
0: She's not going to like you anyway.
1: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least I'm giving a good reason
0: this time. You're listening to Bloomberg Business or Sports. I like you. On Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online, wherever you get your podcasts.